So God, I pray that you take these words and you make them yours. Because God, we just want to hear from you this morning. It's your word that is good to our souls. So God, would you speak to us wherever we are at this morning. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, 945. And good morning to our high school and middle school students at 11. We are so glad to be here with you in this Christmas season. It is such a joy. My name's Annie Duncan. I'm the executive pastor here at Bell Press and just want to welcome you. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your hundredth time, welcome. If you've been here more times than you can count, welcome. We love being here with you. Well, my brothers and I, we grew up in this amazing neighborhood in East Bellevue. Uh, We learned how to swim at the neighborhood pool, and at winter, when it would snow, even if it was just a half an inch, we would grab our sleds and head for the small nine-hole golf course where we would find the biggest hill and sled all the way down. And usually it was just ice, but you you get that if you're from here. Um, Some of our best friends lived in this neighborhood, and our house was kind of considered the hangout hub. We always had people in our kitchen eating our food, and it was such a wonderful thing. There were lots of friends always gathered there, and we, we probably spent 20 Christmases in this home, and it was filled with tradition, right? As many of you probably have traditions. One of my favorite traditions, though, was on Christmas morning, my two younger brothers and I, we were not allowed to come downstairs until we heard the hallelujah chorus. So we would wake up and and wake each other up, it's Christmas, it's Christmas, and then we'd sit on the top stair and we'd wait and wait. My parents were downstairs just having a lovely time and we would just wait until we heard that song, hallelujah, and then we'd come running downstairs, sit by the tree, grab our stockings, grab a cup of hot cocoa. It was such a great tradition, right? Some of you parents are getting ideas out there. Uh, And so there were so many memories in this home. Well, you know, my brothers and I, we eventually moved out. Yes, we moved out of our home and we now have homes of our own, which is great. Uh, And then my parents decided to move. And I remember the first Christmas in their new home, I remember thinking, oh man, it is just not going to be the same. This house doesn't house all of the memories that we had. It's just going to feel different, right? But you know what? It was just like Christmas all those 20 other years, full of laughter, full of really good food, full of hot cocoa, few inappropriate jokes for my brothers. You know, it was, it was like a Vanderpump Christmas, just like they'd always been, because it wasn't the actual home that made it home for the holidays. It was all of us being there, right? Home. Aren't we all looking for a place that feels like home? especially around the holidays, right? We want a place where we're known and a place that's safe and a place that's full of tradition. Well, hang on, because home is where we are headed, back home. We've been walking through Psalm 23, and we land at the last verse this week, and it speaks of home. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And oh, doesn't this just sound so good? I mean, I've got goodness on my left. I've got some love on my right. And I'm just going to snuggle up close to them. And they're going to be with me my whole life long. And then I'm going to live in God's house. All of that sounds so good, right? But what does it mean? Does God actually have a house for me? What is this passage getting at? 
Well, we're gonna get to explaining the goodness and love in a second, but the word house here in Hebrew, it actually has more to do with family than it does with a physical or a literal structure. So it could read a little bit differently. It could say, I will dwell in the household, household of the Lord forever. In other words, it's saying, I'm part of God's family. This is where I wanna be. This is how I wanna live forever. Have you ever said, this place feels like home? This place feels like home to me. I've met with a few people over the past couple months and that's been their description of Bell Press, finding Bell Press as their church home. They've said, this place feels like home. But hold on, like where's the couch? And where's the like widescreen TV? And where's the remote control? And where's the fridge that's jam-packed with holiday food? I don't see any of those things here. And where's the crazy uncle? And where's the you know, annoying siblings? And where's the high-maintenance wife? <laughs> oh, wait, we're all here. <laughs> I guess this does feel like home, right? But what I, what I think they're really getting at when they say, Bell Press, this place feels like home, isn't so much the place as it is the relationships. They're connected to something that's familiar. They're connected to something that's important, right? Bell Press that's what we're doing because of the community that we are. People are saying that this place feels like home. So well done. Home isn't a place. It's a relationship. Now, for some of us here, home might be a difficult subject. Some of us are far away from home. Or maybe home isn't a safe place to be right now. Or maybe we've lost loved ones at home. Or maybe we're trying to find a new home. Many of the things that we can associate with home can, can be painful, and that pain is real. But Psalm 23 and how it speaks about home offers us all words of comfort and hope, no matter what situation we're in. Because the home that Psalm 23 is talking about has to do with a whole and healthy kind of relationship connected to the Good Shepherd. It assures us that no matter what we have going on, no matter what our, our physical and earthly experience of home may be, we have home in the Good Shepherd because the Good Shepherd is with us. And after all that we've looked at, walking through Psalm 23, this is where we end up. We end up here with the passage ending by saying, God, where you are is where I want to be. That's home. And this passage ends that way because of all that's preceded it. The shepherd shows us in Psalm 23 that he is with us in every aspect of our lives, simply asking us the question, will you follow me? And that's the question we've been asking all throughout this series. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd and who are you following? Because isn't the promise that if we follow the good shepherd, that we're just, we're just gonna live really happy lives and be happy little sheep, kind of like this? That's, that's the promise that we're given, right? Like, that totally describes us, right? Like, if we follow Jesus, if we follow the good shepherd, we're just gonna be happy little sheep. And the sheep's like, yes, this is the life for me. I love being a sheep. But not so fast, right? Hold on. Bell Press, we are the sheep in the metaphor here. And is that what we look like all the time? No, I don't think so. Maybe, especially on the eve of Christmas Eve when we're all a little bit tired, maybe some of us stressed out, maybe a, a better picture of us is this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
right? Am I right? It just got real here on Christmas Eve Eve. (laughs) So the invitation to follow the shepherd, it does not guarantee us a happy-go-lucky, I'm a happy little sheep kind of life. No, the invitation to follow the shepherd means that no matter the highs, no matter the lows, no matter the ups and downs, we get to follow the shepherd. And that means it's going to be an adventure. That's going to be fun. A few weeks ago, Scott Dudley talked about this adventure kind of living. In Israel during the summer, shepherds had to take their sheep and take them through uh, dangerous valleys to get to find green grass. So in order to find food, they had to go through dark valleys. So the reason Psalm 23 ends the way it does by saying, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the, God, in the Lord's house forever. The reason it ends that way is because of the kind of shepherd the sheep have been following. One that's with the sheep. One that provides for them when they can't provide for themselves. One of my friends here at Bell Press is a a refugee from Africa, and a few weeks ago he was talking about how powerful it has been to be a part of this community here at Bell Press. And he said it's the first time that he's felt like he's had a home since leaving his home in Africa, which are powerful words for him to say. Because this home looks so different, right, from his original home, and he's so far away. And furthermore, his wife and kids and family are not here with him. And yet, despite all of that, he is experiencing home powerfully. Why is that? It's because of this community here. It's because of God's powerful presence with him. And God's powerful presence with him every step of the way through his journey of having to flee Africa and having to come into a strange land and having to find a new community. God's presence is relentless throughout that whole thing. And so he's experiencing home far away from home. And tomorrow morning, on Christmas Eve, his family will join him here. Makes me emotional, but hallelujah, right? Y'all, the outcome of following the good shepherd isn't that we're going to be happy sheep every single day. No, the outcome is that we have someone to follow, someone to trust, someone to obey, and that's good news because we are sheep and we are going to get lost. We're going to follow the wrong shepherds. We're going to forget. We're going to forget things. We're going to shop around for that feeling of home and then end up exhausted because there is no other home than the home that we have when we follow the good shepherd. And some of us here have had enough had enough of what it looks like to be our own shepherd, had enough of what it looks like to follow the the shepherd of success or academia or image. Some of us here are looking for a different way to live. And that's what the entirety of Psalm 23 offers us. It's not just familiar words of comfort and hope. But when we find home, we find home when we figure out who we are following. And Psalm 23 is a roadmap home. It's a roadmap to a relationship with God and following the good shepherd. When I was first learning how to drive, I had my permit and my dad said to me, hey, Annie, let's, let's go for a ride. Let's go for a drive. And so he hopped in the driver's seat. I hopped in the passenger seat and we headed out four miles away from our home. 
And then he got out of the car and he said, okay, switch places with me. And I was like, yes, I knew this was coming. This is going to be so fun. I'm going to get to learn how to practice and, and drive. And so I hopped in the driver's seat, adjusted the seat because I'm shorter than my dad, adjusted the mirrors. And then he said to me, okay, Annie, get us home. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> and some of you think I look really young and I'll forever love you for that. But when I was learning how to drive, there was no GPS there was no like phone that could tell me how to get home. And even though I was only four miles away from home, I was terrible with directions. And it took us a couple hours to get home. <laughs> but even though I was lost the entire time, I was not afraid because I had my dad with me. And I knew that he was not going to let me stay lost forever and that we would get back home eventually, right? And I recently asked my dad what he remembered about his little experiment with me. And he said, it didn't matter to me that you might get lost. He said, I kind of expected you to get lost. But that was the point. I thought it would be good practice for you, Annie. And you know what? It totally was. You see, I believed in my dad and his ability to teach me how to navigate the treacherous winding roads of Bellevue. And it turned out that I believed in my dad only to find out that he believed in me. He knew that I was smart. He knew that I could learn a thing or two. He knew that I could learn how to drive. And what a picture of the shepherd's love for us, right? We, when we put our belief in Jesus, we find out how much he believes in us. When we follow Jesus, we find out that he follows us. That's what this verse is talking about. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in God's house forever. When we follow Jesus, we find out that he follows us. That's God's promise. He's never going to stop pursuing us. His love is relentless. And he's never going to give up on us. We all probably individually know what it feels like to give up. But do you know who doesn't know what it feels like to give up? You're in church. The answer is usually Jesus. <laughs> Jesus does not know what it feels like to give up. Because Jesus has gone to great lengths to prove to us that never going to give up on you message. And at Christmas, we experience it powerfully. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus came. He made his home with us. He came here so that we might believe in him. He came so that we would have a good shepherd to follow. He didn't just come to bless us. He came to interrupt us in the midst of all that we've got going on and show us a new way to live. And that's good news. His love and goodness pursue us. They chase after us. They take us back. At Christmas, we have this invitation, an invitation to believe that this is true and this is good, and it's a gift that's for us. So what does that invitation sound like? Well, I think songs, the songs that we sing today, some of them are like the psalms of our day. And there's a Bethel song uh, that's very prophetic, and it speaks to this very invitation. So hear God's words to you through this song. It says, I am the Lord your God. I go before you now. I stand beside you. I'm all around you. Though you feel I'm far away, I'm closer than your breath. I am with you more than you know. I am the Lord your peace. No evil will conquer you. So steady now your heart and mind and come into my rest. Oh, let your faith arise. Lift up your weary head. I am with you wherever you go. Come to me. I'm all you need. 
Come to me, I'm everything. El Press Christmas is an invitation to believe those words. They're prophetic words that are straight from the heart of the Father. And that's why Jesus came, so that we might see and believe. Christmas is an invitation to believe that. So I eventually got my license to drive, and in my first month of driving, I got two traffic tickets, and I was in one accident, all of which were my fault. So after the accident, which no one got injured, it was fine. I didn't want, after the accident, I did not want to drive anymore. I remember like handing my parents the keys and saying, okay, I've stopped believing that me behind the wheel is a good idea. Here you go. And my parents did this really amazing thing. They sat me down and they said, okay, okay, let's talk about the mistakes that you've made. You know, here's how you can do it better. Annie, we believe in you. You can do this. You've got this. You can learn from this, Annie. And by the way, you have to drive tomorrow because you have to drive your brothers to school. So <laughs> let's do this, right? <laughs> Y'all, I didn't believe in myself. And my parents had every right to like take those keys back and go, whoa, you are not a driver, right? But they didn't do that. They sat me down. They told me they still believed in me. They reminded me what to do when you're at a left-hand turn and you need to yield. They reminded me of those very important things, right? <laughs> and then they put me back behind the wheel. And I don't think... I've had a traffic ticket since, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. That's not in my notes, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> so they put me back behind the wheel. They believed in me, right? The good shepherd does the exact same thing for us. In life, we're going to get into a few accidents. Jesus doesn't promise us an accident-free life. He says, no, even if you get into an accident, I promise you, I will be with you. I'll help you get through it. He goes before us. He rides shotgun with us. He goes behind us and says, I've got you covered. Theologian and trained ecologist Philip Keller says that every time he reads through Psalm 23, he can't help but remember the time that he spent living on a sheep ranch and witnessing his next door neighbor neglect his sheep. The neighbor didn't take care of the sheep that he had. They were malnourished. They were sick full of disease, and during the harsh winter months, the neighbor sheep would huddle together at Keller's friends and kind of gaze over and look at the green grass and the healthy sheep that were on the other side. And they were constantly looking for ways to get out of their sheep pen. And Keller writes, always there seemed to lurk in the sheep's eyes the slender, faint hope that perhaps with a bit of luck, they could break through the fence or crawl through some hole to free themselves. Occasionally, this used to happen, especially around Christmas. This was one of the times the extreme tides, when the sea retreated far beyond the end of the fence lines, which ran down it. The neighbor's hungry sheep would wait for this to happen. Then, at the first chance, they would go down the tidal flats, slip around the edge of the fence, and come sneaking in to gorge themselves on our rich green grass. And can't you just picture that? Those hungry cold sheep all alone, mistreated by their owner. And then the first chance that they've got, they break out and they come out and get some green grass to eat. Y'all, the world that we live in can be a pretty wretched place when we try and live it apart from Jesus. When we try and live it apart from a good shepherd, when we follow bad shepherds, we are just like those sheep, right? 
malnourished and grabbing for anything that might satisfy for a moment. But we don't have to wait for the tide to go out. There is a way to escape the malnourished and desperate lives that so many of us live because we're invited to live a different way. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He's not a bad shepherd. He's not even a decent shepherd. He's a good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Do we have life to the full? Bell Press, every day we encounter people that are like those hungry sheep. They're malnourished and grabbing for some green grass to eat. But do our lives represent lives that are lived differently? Or are we like them, malnourished and sickly, looking for anything that might satisfy? Jesus calls us to live a life we cannot live without him. And that is good news. Because when we follow Jesus, we experience how his love follows us wherever we go. And that's how we end up back home. And living like this, it gives us a job to do. Just as we are surrounded by God's love, we are also surrounded by people that are in desperate need of that love. I bet you can think of some people in your life that maybe you run up against that are in desperate need of that love. So may our lives reflect lives that keep on choosing home, that keep on choosing to follow the shepherd. And in doing so, we bring others along with us, people back home. The message version of Psalm 23 says, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. This Christmas, there are so many different shepherds to follow. But this Christmas, come back home. Follow the good shepherd and his love will follow you. The goodness of God pursues us. The goodness of God chases after us. And this Christmas, accept the invitation to believe that. So God, we love you. We love this message that you send us, that your mercy never fails us. All our days, God, we know that we are held in your hands. So God, help us to follow you. Help us to see your love all around us, providing for us, showing us a different way to live. And God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the powerful message of how you sent your son, God, Emmanuel, Jesus, you are with us. It's in your name that we pray, amen.